Episode 45. Episode 45. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with... Antoinette Allen. Antoinette Allen. And we're Real Church Matters. Where we talk Real Church Matters because... Real Church Matters. Real it Church really Matters. does. A little bit of housekeeping. As always, you can go on realchurchmatters.com. All the episodes are laid out there. You can also go on uh, the podcast app of your phone. If you're using the Apple device, search Real Church Matters, subscribe, share, write a review. We appreciate um, people writing reviews. Yes. Um, Linda, we appreciate your writing another review. She said that uh, she listens to episode 30 every single week. Yeah, man. So that made me go back and listen to episode 30. And yeah, I probably should. What episode was that again? Why are you sad? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that it, it was good, and I, I appreciate her listening and writing review. We appreciate all the support. If you are using your Android device or something, you can go on SoundCloud. You can download the SoundCloud app, like it, share repost it, it, share it, all that. Um, if you are interested in some t-shirts you can also you know log on and the website and you'll see t-shirts and things like that um also there's a link on there to our favorite blog site go do likewise yes if you want to check out any of my old blogs you can go to likewiselife.com and i promise i will be updating a lot more frequently next year i apologize for my lack of discipline but yeah i'm getting on it Awesome. I, I'm excited to hear you apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was looking back at it and I was like, I was on a little roll and then I just stopped. So, yeah, got to get back on it. It's okay. Consistency. Consistency. Like I'm consistently yawning. Yeah, I don't know what you got going on. You better wake up. <laughs> I, I'm up. I'm ready to roll, man. Um, as always, if, if you are interested in giving, you can go on patreon.com forward slash Real Church Matters. As a special note, Patreon has changed their um their policies a little bit. And so they're passing on a 5% charge, if I'm not mistaken. There's a service fee, and they're passing that on instead of to us, they're passing it on to you. If because of that, you decide you know what, I don't too much care for that, and you don't want to give, that is completely fine with us. I promise you, we only make it available for those who are interested in giving. Once your interest is no longer there, or you feel like you're not led to give, you don't have to. But we do appreciate the ones who do. We appreciate you. We appreciate you giving. But if, if the way that it's set up right now, if it's not conducive, to the type of giving you're comfortable with, by all means, we, we understand. We understand. It's no hard feeling. All right. As always, in the midst of all of that, it's obedience over audience. But since we have an audience, let's, let's get, to, get to it. Episode 45. Today's episode is called Good Enough to Eat. Mm. Good Enough to Eat. I'm hungry. You, you're hungry? Good. <laughs> I'm glad you're hungry. So all of this is based on John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, you know, Jesus is just now uh, 
getting, you know, into the thick of things with his ministry. And he's crossing the Sea of Galilee, and a huge crowd is following him because he just did a bunch of miracles for the sick. And they sat down, and he was sharing with them. And then uh, this is the time where he handed out the bread, the fishes and the loaves to the 5,000 people. Out of a little bit of fish and a little bit of loaves, he was able to feed them. And this was a miracle, and it astonished everybody. And, and they ate a lot. And so in John 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 14, it says, When the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, Truly, this is a prophet who has come into the world. Realizing they were about to come and make him king, Jesus withdrew again to a mountain by itself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was interested in this story because what this starts is an awesome teaching that Jesus does to help the people who started to follow him, to help him give them an understanding of what they're really following. Yeah. Or what they should really be following. Yeah. Because he realized that he was getting a lot of traction. Jesus was becoming popular. He was beginning to capture a following. Mm -hmm. And he had to make sure that these people didn't follow him under false pretenses. And the same thing could be said for this time. Yeah. Today's day and time, Jesus has quite a bit of a following. Yeah. I believe the the numbers for people who um, say that they're Christian are rather high. The amount of people who go to church is rather high. Or even when you think of just people who, like the small section or large section who does, like they're not ashamed anymore. Like there's more of an, um, I guess openness when it comes to your faith nowadays. Yes, it's a comfortability there too. It's kind of hip. Yeah, it's trendy. It's kind of trendy to say you are a Christian or did you believe in Jesus or did you have- Or you're spiritual. You're spiritual or or some, you know, combination of of those things. (laughs) But Jesus wasn't comfortable with that. No. He wasn't. So much so that as I said, um, they wanted to make him king and so he ran away. Yeah. He literally doesn't want your earthly title, our earthly titles, Mm-mm. and the way that we want to engage with him, the way that we choose to exalt him. Mm-hmm. He's not interested in that. No. He's interested in being exalted a specific way. Yeah, he's interested in being worshipped a specific way. He's interested in the, the people who say they follow him, engaging with him a certain way. Yeah, he's very particular. You know how you have that one friend, like they're very particular and you like, man, you know, it's I I rather not just get you anything because you're so particular. But they're there. I know it's supposed to be the gift is from the heart, but this person is very particular as to what type of gift they want. Yeah. Takes the fun out of it for people. Well, guess what? God is taking the fun out of being a Christian. I always thought it was weird when people be like, Jesus is my homie and all that stuff anyway. Like, God, Jesus don't want to be your homie. He don't want to be your homie. <laughs> he just don't. He don't want to be. That's not what he here for. He don't want to be the plug. <laughs> don't want to be the meme, yeah. He doesn't want to be any earthly understanding that you have of him. Yes. He wants to be something more. Yes. Don't try to fit God in your kingdom. That's the first point here. Don't try to fit God in your kingdom. 
That's what they were trying to do. Yes. It, it's demeaning to God. Yeah. It's like when he says in the prayer, the Lord's prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, we try to make it on heaven, in heaven as it is on earth. Yeah. Like you can't reverse it. But we try to hire him. They, they, they literally, they witnessed a miracle and they said, we like you. <laughs> we want you to be around. Yeah. Well, hey, we got to have you around, Jesus. Like you're cool to be around. Like, would you mind being our king? Bro, I'm the king of kings. <laughs> I am the king of your greatest king. Yes. You know, that's like uh, there's a line that people always say, I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Right. Jesus is your favorite king's favorite, favorite king. Favorite king, yes. Make, make sure you get your t-shirt pocket. <laughs> What's the time code on that? <laughs> Let me remember. Eight minutes, 43 okay. seconds. Gosh. It's, it's an understanding that you have to have that... Number one, out of this, Jesus doesn't want to engage with you in your kingdom. He wants you to come in his. Mm -hmm. That's why he ran away. Jesus ran away from a lot of y'all because you, you chasing him, but you chasing him and trying to make him something that he refuses to be. Yep. Understand that as we set the stage for this. <laughs> Understand that. You're chasing him, trying to make him something he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be your husband. Jesus is my husband. No, he doesn't want to be your husband. Uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus is this and he's that. He doesn't want to be that. He wants you to come to his world. That's why you're supposed to be following him. Yes. He, he's not following you. You are following him. Yes. The second thing, it's very popular and exciting for Jesus the prophet. The minute they saw this, they said, this is truly a prophet who's coming to the world. He, Jesus is more than a prophet. You have to see him as more. We talked about this last week, but I'm going to say it again. People are gravitated to the work of the prophet Christ, the mighty words of the prophet Christ. But ultimately, that is the extent that they're willing to go with Christ. Yes. What am I saying? That's church folks. Mm -hmm. We are willing to come to church and listen to God's word. Mm -hmm. We're willing to come to church and experience the miracles of God's word, but we're not willing to let God's word change us. Change us. Yeah. We're not willing to let God's word be in us. Yeah. We don't want to be in the movie. We just want to watch it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like we want to attach him to us, but not. Let him be like in us You yeah. know what I mean Like we would rather Attach him to Situations And different things We deal with But not It's like being A sports announcer You don't want to be Out on that field Nah Not with people Getting concussions And knocked <laughs> out But you You like being on In the, in the game Yeah You feel like You in the game Why Because you talking About it you Why Because you, you get To give your <laughs> advice About it Because yeah. you get Benefits from it so you think you in the game. A lot of y'all think you in the church. You think you in the kingdom. You're just a spectator. You're, you're really just on the sidelines talking, commentating. Yep. You are church commentators. You are church analysts. Mm -hmm. You're talking about this thing. You're quoting scriptures. You know the stuff. But you really aren't in the game. You take no risk. None. That's true. None. Everybody like, you know. I, I this church don't have anything good, or uh, I'm not growing here. You, you you have a lot of opinions about how church should run, <laughs> but you don't let God run your life. Yes. 
it's amazing to me how many people want to run their pastor, want to run their church. My ties say I should have a say, but Jesus paid the price for you, so shouldn't he have a say in your life? It's true. Why is it one way as long as it's your opinion, but not the right way when it comes to God's God's truth? So in John 18, 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is not of this realm. He said, it's, you guys got to understand, I'm looking, I came to bring y'all into my world. Yes. I came to bring you into my kingdom. I came to bring you into my realm. Yes. Coming to church is not being in God's kingdom. Coming to church is not being in his world. It's not being in his realm. Ask yourself, when you come to church, are you really in the kingdom of God? Yeah. Or even when you think of like your daily life, like I feel like so often we're trying to figure out how to use the Bible and God to get what we want out of this earth. It's like you can't ask God for things. He's a spiritual God. So to ask him for earthly things, it it just doesn't work. It it misses the point because you're in the realm. And yes, you're bringing us to the next part of it. So after Jesus does this, Mm -hmm. he disappears to the mountains. The next day, the crowd, after, you know, being fed, they had a good sleep. (laughs) The crowd woke up and realized that Jesus is not there no more. They realized that only one boat was there, and that one boat is still there. So, so where could he have gone? Where could he have gone? Yeah. So then the crowd realized he was gone, and he wasn't coming back. So that tells you right there, like these these guys was waiting for Jesus. Mm-hmm. How many people you know are waiting for Jesus? Tons. Waiting, but they're waiting for him to come back. But for what? Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we waiting for him to? They realized he wasn't coming back. They piled into the Tiberius boats and headed for Capernaum. And while they were at Capernaum, they looking for Jesus. They found him back across the sea and they said, Rabbi, teacher, when did you get here? Mm -hmm. Where you been? (laughs) We've been looking for you. They put a lot of effort. To look for Jesus. And this was Jesus' reply in verse 26 of chapter 6 of John. He said, truly, truly, I tell you, it is not because you saw these signs that you are looking for me, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. (laughs) He said, had your fill. (laughs) Had your fill. Do not work for food that perishes but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For the God... For God the Father has placed his seal of approval on him. Mm-hmm. What, what is Jesus saying? Number one, he's saying, I know why you're looking for me. Yes. Now, some of y'all, you, you, you feel like you're a Christian and you feel like you are doing good because you're looking for Christ. I know at one point you was looking for this and that, but now you're looking for Christ and you feel pretty good about that. But Jesus said, there's tons of people who are looking for me who are looking for me for the wrong reason. reason. Yes. That's where we're at, some of us in the church. We find ourselves seeking Christ, but he, but but is he what we're really looking for? Yeah. Do we think he's holding what we're looking for? 
What is it? Which one is it? And the fact that he knew, like, the distinction. He said, it's not because you saw these signs you were looking for me, but because you ate, you got what you wanted. He's yeah. like, it's not because you were amazed and wanted to know my father. Yeah. It's because you got what you wanted. That's why he was doing the signs. You got to understand. Miracles are a part of reaffirming the faith of the believer. But if, the, if it doesn't prompt the believer to believe, then it was misallocated. Mm-hmm. He says, you guys, you, you weren't even looking for miracles. You were looking for the miracle that benefits you. You, yep. That's why the miracles happen in church and people testify. And it, it just falls on deaf ears because people just start hating. Yeah. They just start being jealous. You're like, oh, well, my, my child was sick and God raised him. My child is sick. Ain't nothing happening for him. You miss. Or even when someone would give a testimony about how they have peace and how they have a new understanding about God and stuff, but it's, it doesn't really get us, it doesn't really resonate nah, with people. Don't they want to hear the ones like, I got a car. I got a. Uh, Why? Because husband. they want the thing that benefits them. Yeah. They want the and thing that benefits And to reaffirm satisfies. their. De- Desire reaffirms. Go ahead and say it. It's okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I know you, you, you. I was gonna say something else, but yeah, reaffirms their desires. It, it, it allows them to feel comfortable in the thing that they want. These people were chasing. They were putting a lot of effort. You guys get up and go to church every Sunday. Some of you, some of you go to Bible study in the Wednesday service or Thursday service. You go to these things. You're putting a lot of effort. You're looking for something. If we stopped you at the door and said, what are you looking for? You would say Jesus. And some people may say amen. But I would then ask you, what are you looking for Jesus for? for? Yes. You got to ask yourself that question. Come on, guys. Ask yourselves that. What are you looking for him for? You ever, you ever I, I, when we were kids, I, sometimes I would, I'd be like, where mommy at? And my sister would be like, what you looking for for? What you want? I know you want something. You have to. She's sleep. <laughs> she's like, she's sleep. I'm like, no, let me in there because I got to ask mommy something. You going to wake her up because you want something? Yes. <laughs> I want something. I want some cereal. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, we're, we're so adamant about getting to church because yeah. you want something. I feel like it almost disturbed Jesus in a way. Like, he saw the effort they went through to get on those boats and find him. Like, you know, I the mean, unity it probably full took. full detectives. Yeah. So they were like, the boat's still here. It was only one boat. Where's he at? You know where he at? <laughs> I, I, let's just wait here for a second. He's not here. Everybody get on a boat. We're going to Capernaum. He has to be there. Y'all, y'all seen Jesus? Yeah. I mean, the other night he was walking on water. He's here. Pull on detective work. Why? For desire. I mean, it's people that are looking through that Bible like it's NCIS. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, they analyzing every scripture. They breaking it down. I mean, they look they look like Tom Cruise on Minority Report. They're like, they're just the screens up, <laughs> screens everywhere. up everywhere. They Greek, the Hebrew. Around. Greek, Hebrew, concordance, <laughs> all of it. Searching for something. Well, guess what? Stop acting like Nicolas Cage on National Treasure. <laughs> there's no there's no hidden messages here. There's no treasure if you unlock the words the right way. There's no treasure for you. He is the treasure. Yes. He is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you digging through something and somebody be like, I got a surprise for you. You get home and they like, I'm going to be able to hang with you tomorrow. <laughs> That's the surprise. 
Yeah, I just wanted to let you know. Good news. I'll be able to hang. I, that's I thought not you a had a gift for me. I thought you had something better for me. Right. I'm not. My presence isn't a present. Jesus. This is where we're at with Christ. Mm-hmm. We looking for him, but we looking for him for something. That's where, that's where it's at. Seeking God for your desires, not his, is a problem. They, trace, they chase Christ, not because they desired him, but because they felt he had their desires. Yep. Their desires were not in Christ. We pervert the faith when we think our desires are hidden in Christ. And I'm so glad you used the word pervert because it's, it means we twist it. We, we twist its original intention to fit what we want. Absolutely. And that's what we do. Look at, the, look at the messages that people listen to. Yeah. Look at, I mean, just look at the preaching that people listen to. It's literally desires disguised in doctrine or doctrine Disguised desires. It is. This is what we're at. Yeah. Or desire disguised doctrine. How many combinations? (laughs) I told you I'm struggling to figure out which one is the best one. You know it got to be those three Ds. Yeah. I know it's. (laughs) Shut up. It's desire disguised doctrine. Desire dis- disguised doctrine. Okay. We're hiding our desires within the word. We're, we're as Philippians 2.21 says, for all seek their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus. Yep. That, that we only seek in our own. We want to see us in Christ instead of Christ seeing himself in us. It's true. Oh, my goodness. Now we're cooking. I was yawning, but I ain't yawning no more. (laughs) Here we go. You want to see you in Christ, but Christ want to see himself in you. That even make me think about, like, before you go on a job interview or something, you, like, praying, like, you on your utmost, like, Jesus juice. You listening to gospel, and then when it's time to live out the job because you got it, it's like— Oh, you back to— Yeah, you back to complaining and— you turn Don't it back no from parts of God. back from the that station to you know back to Beehive. You know, <laughs> sure. Jesus Hive got you the job. Beehive going to give you something to listen to while you're there all day. That's a problem. We're chasing Christ, and people want you to pat them on the back because they're chasing Christ. But what are you chasing them for? It's like I was telling you when it comes to guys. If he had to talk to your nether regions to get them. He'd never talk to you. No. But since he got to get to talk to you to get to it, he in your face. It's true. He in your face because he want to be in the place. <laughs> That's where people are. They want something and they think Jesus got it. So they in his face. They praising and worshiping. They praying. They making efforts. All trappings of what is truly real, but it's been perverted. Yeah. Or even when you think of like people who be like, I just want peace. You know, I just want joy. When when you think like that, you really just want the things you want that you think can give you that. Absolutely. Like that's how a Absolutely. part of that perversion let's, let's happens. Let's keep it a, a buck 75 here. When you talk about you want peace, you really are attaching it to something. Yes. Some people, we got to be careful. Some might be like, I just want some peace. And we're really, what they're saying is they want to leave their husband. 
Some people saying they want peace and they saying, really, they just talking about they want a spa day. They talking about P-I-E-C-E, a piece of something. They want a piece <laughs> of themselves and they feel yeah. like God got it. Yep. Come on now. We got to be honest. You have to. Some of y'all saying that you want to be free, but I can't co-sign that because I don't know what you really mean by when you say freedom. Some of y'all got to be honest. You, these words are, are powerful. All man. of these words are synonymous with Christ. If you want peace, that means you want Christ. Anything else can't give you peace. You say you want joy, you want Christ. Christ don't have joy. He is joy. Christ don't have your peace. He is your peace. But y'all want peace, but don't want him. Nope. Not one piece of him. Want peace with no peace of him. <laughs> That's the reality of it. You're seeking God for your desires, not his we're seeking God for things that perish. That's what I love here. He's like, y'all working for food that perishes, <laughs> but not the food that endures to eternal life. We are looking to an internal, to an eternal God for perishable goods. We are. Yep. We're running, breaking our necks for things that won't even satisfy us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Jesus worked a miracle. He got them fishes and loaves. They ate to their fill. But it's amazing how we eat to our fill and it don't sustain us. That's why eating fills us, but never fulfills us. It's true. I even think of like when, you know, you collecting donations for homeless people, they'd be like, we only take non-perishable items. And I used to I used to question that, like, why do they have to have, you know, this canned nasty stuff? Why can't we give them fresh stuff? But it's like you don't want to give them something that can perish. go away or perish. It's, it's yeah. time sensitive. Yeah. Did they have to eat it now or they can't have it? Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like Christ is trying to give us something that isn't time sensitive. It's eternal because he's an eternal God. God. You can always have it. He don't want to give you perishable peace. <laughs> That's what getting what you want will give you. He don't want to give you perishable joy. This stuff goes bad. It does. You, you chasing Jesus for a man. Men go bad. They do. So quick. You chasing Jesus for a woman. Women go bad. So quick. You chasing Jesus for money. Money goes bad. It expires. It's temporary. It's perishable good. That's why he said that, that you, you're chasing, you're doing things for things that moth and rust can corrupt. <laughs> I love that scripture because he's, he's basically touching on reality. Yeah. Like you broke your neck to get those, the, 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 that, that dress. And that dress, a moth can just destroy it. A moth can destroy and you can't sit, take the moth to court. Yep. I paid $1,000 for this dress. And this moth destroyed it. <laughs> Judge Judy, like, where? What? What's happening? Like, this moth, it, it, I, I don't, I can't do I don't know what that about is. That. I, or what even am I supposed to do with it? Even that scripture that talks about fleeting pleasures, like, that stuff is fleeting. You will want something else, like, literally two minutes later. Like, as soon two as you get later, it. Two minutes later, it perishes. Its usefulness to you diminishes. We can't go in this way. That's far from the reason Christ lives and God reigns. That's not the reason he came. He didn't come that day. He didn't do those miracles for them to just chase him for bread. That's literally, like people are in the, in the state of mind that we're in. Jesus is no more than the milkman. 
He's no more than the bread man, the fish man. You know, there's these food trucks and people get so enamored with this stuff. They're literally chasing these guys around town, taking pictures of the food. Like, hey, man, you get the, you got to taste this, the cake, the the crab man. and right. the, uh, Listen. We got everything in the hood, too. You got bootleg, man. You got, you got somebody for everything. Jesus is not your bread man. He is not your supplier. He is not the plug. He's not the connect. He's not the hookup. He is not here to give you anything but him. That's what he's giving away. He ain't selling it. And I love the fact that you use sub- supplier because the Bible talks about him being a provider, not a supplier. But what is yeah. it? <laughs> and then that's an interesting thing. We can't even experience Jesus the provider if we don't experience Jesus. It's true. We want provider without Jesus. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. your parents are obligated to provide for you. If they don't, they can go to jail. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not obligated to provide for you until he's your parent. Sure. And he's not your parent until you've been born again. again. And you can't be born again chasing Jesus for bread and not him. Yes. Did I walk them through that good you did. enough? You uh, did. did I walk them through? Because you, you got to understand Cause, something. Because what we're talking about, it goes to the foundation of most people's belief system. Like It takes them back to the day where they originally even got saved because you have to really analyze, why did I come to Christ? Why did I Why come? am I here? Did I come for him? Do you know what I'm saying? Like people, people, it has to literally be like that. Like, I just want you, God. Yes. I just want Christ in my life. I don't want anything else. You can keep it all to live as Christ and to die as gain. Mm-hmm. If, if you can't get to the point where all you want is Christ, then what do you want? Be honest with yourselves. What do you want? Let's go further. We're we going to run out of time at this rate. <laughs> oh, by 15 minute listeners. We forgot to Yo, say that. Yo, that's 30 minutes. They gone. They've been yeah. gone 15 minutes ago. <laughs> John 6, 28. Then they inquired to Jesus, okay, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus replied, this is the work of God, to believe in in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you perform so that we may see it and believe you? Mm. What will you do? 31, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. The work of God is believing in Christ, the work of faith. The work of God is believing in Christ, the work of faith. They were working for bread that perish. Believing in God is working for the bread of life. They sought God because they believed in the bread, Mm. not in him. Wow. Come on, guys. We got to understand the work of yourself is to chase bread. The work of of faith is to chase Christ. Why? Because you believe he's all. Yes. Not that he has all, <laughs> but that he is the all. The bread of life. There's a difference. It is. It's the, that little word is the separation between self and faith. It is. If you believe that Jesus has all, you missed the point. <laughs> but if you believe that Jesus is it's all, mm. now you're working in faith. And the reason it takes faith is because you're going to look at a lot of things in this world. 
We are jacked into a world that is constantly t- making us think that these things are all. And we think that we're removing ourselves from the world when we are no longer seeking those things in the world, but in Christ. Wow. It's true. <laughs> you might have to say that again. Here we go. We think, number one, we're in this world. We've been indoctrinated to believe that these things are everything. Yes. And so we start to chase them as if they're everything. We fall flat on our faces. So then we come to Christ and we don't change chasing those things. We change where we go to get those things. Not realizing that if we don't see, if we still see those things as everything, even if you're going to Christ, you still are not working faith. Mm. And it's scary because I feel like, you know, they say it's a thin line between love and hate. I feel like it's a thin line between what you're talking about. Like it's real easy to jump (laughs) back and forth. It's a thin line between fake and faith. Jesus. It's a twin it's a, it's a twin line. <laughs> it's a thin line between fake and faith. It is. A lot of us don't realize we fake Christians. Jesus. Not because you hypocritical in one sense where you you praising the Lord in here and cussing out there. No. But the fact that you still grinding for things just in the house of God. Mm. Wow. You think, come on, y'all really think you better than the people in the world because you went from saying, I need a man to Jesus, I need a man? Yes. Come on, you really think you better than the world because you went from, I need money to Jesus, I need money? But that's, we're just like these, the crowds of people because they like perform, like perform the works of Christ. What will you perform? Jesus, you're not happy? You're not happy that I'm coming to you for the bread now? (laughs) You should be happy I'm coming to you right. I could be out Selling my body for this That's the language I could be out Robbing for this One time I was at a, I was at a gas station And a dude asked me For money And I said I don't have no money man I don't have no money He said Can you just go To the ATM And I said I'm not going to the ATM It's late I'm not going I was, I was being <laughs> respectful mm-hmm. That's what he said to me Sir I could have robbed you but instead, I'm asking you humbly, bro. Hey, hey, this conversation Jesus. has ended. I got in my car. I shut the door. I locked it. You know, you press that thing three times. Like the car is like it's locked. <laughs> I like. I was out of there. Why? Because this man had the audacity to think that he was better. He was better yeah. because of what he could have done. Yes, but when that's the language we use in our heads. And I feel like in a way we're threatening our faith. We we threaten our God with our faith. Absolutely. Like I could have been out here doing this. I like, could be out just sexing it up with any old man. This but is, instead, I'm asking you, Lord. My mind has one. my mind has been there before. So I, I can admit to this. Come on, this is real talk, guys. It is. This is real talk. At the end of the day. They are not working their faith. They're trying to work God. Yep. Don't try to work God. Work your faith. This is what working your faith is. Believing he's all. Not that he has all or can give you all, but that 
He is all. Yes. He's the period. At Jesus the end. is all yeah. the world to me. If he never gave me another dime, I have something that is incomparable to all the riches of the world amassed together. Yes. I have him. That's why I've been thinking a lot about how it's a blessing to believe. You know what I mean? It like is a blessing so, to believe. When I don't have anything or when I do, I still feel like the greatest blessing I have is that I believe in God. Like, oh, he's, he's trying to explain to them that. that. I'm here giving y'all something greater than bread and fish, and all you want is bread and fish. Like women, ladies, please understand, you offer something greater than your body. You do. And you should be insulted when someone just wants your body. Your body. Yeah. Because you offer something greater than your body. Most women don't think that. You don't understand that. (laughs) I'm not just saying something, some Rob Hill senior stuff. Let me explain to you real quick. (laughs) I'm explaining something that God even established in Genesis. When he created Eve out of Adam, he presented her not as... Sexual entertainment No He presented her Not as a good time Not as a chill homie Not as a ride or die He didn't say Adam Meet your ride or die (laughs) He didn't say Adam Meet your bae He didn't say Adam Meet the person who will spend Three fourths of your money On clothes and dates He said Adam Meet your help Meat. Yes. You know, people don't even realize the greatest thing that we offer to another person is us. The whole of us. Mm-hmm. The greatest parts of us is the part that can help me reach God. God. Yeah. Help me meet God. Help me meet his request. Mm-hmm. Help me meet his purpose. Help me meet my design. Help meet. Help me fulfill. Not fulfill myself sexually, but help me fulfill God's purpose and will in my life. Mm. That's why I wouldn't be sitting around like, what can I offer this man? I mean, y'all understand. Bodies are things to be experienced in some people's eyes. But let's say all of a sudden you are sick and have to have a mammectomy and no longer have breasts. It happens. Let's say you get sick and you got to have a hysterectomy and no longer can provide children. Let's say you're so sick that you no longer feel the desire to have sex at all. But the scary thing, you don't even need those examples. You Most people lose that, you lose that drive towards that person anyway. I mean, it's just honest. Like, they, but they don't understand. This is not something that you lose. This is something that should never have been there in the, the first focus. Place. Yeah. It's not the focus. That's true. I didn't say he didn't make it. Jesus, I mean, God actually said, you know, the reason why he made that too. He said, oh, here, and this, these, those things, bear fruit and multiply. Yeah. He wanted you to bear fruit and multiply to create more things to help meet. His purpose. Yep. His purpose. I don't want you to think that God is sick and twisted and that his purpose is just to, to watch 
7 billion people in the world have sex with each other. <laughs> Do you, you guys understand? I, I'm acting like I'm talking to them. Like, you guys understand? There, I can't stay here, but I wish I could. We got to stick there to the thing. There might be a whole nother part. That's a whole nother thing. They were seeking bread that perish. Believing in God is working for the bread of life. They sought God because they believed in the bread, not in him. Y'all believe that money can solve your problems, so you believe that God can give it to you. You don't believe that your problems can be solved with Christ. You believe that Christ has the problem solver. He's, he doesn't have it. He is the problem solver. Amen. The second thing, that they only wanted Christ that performs. That's it. They sat back and, and, and they said, what will you do? <laughs> if you tell us that the work of God is to believe, then what will you do to help us believe? Do. More gimme, gimme, gimme. When, he, when the word says, be holy for I am holy, we sit back with the audacity to say, so what will you do to make me holy? When the word says that we're to be cheerful givers, you sit back and you say, so what are you going to do to make me cheerfully give? Mm-hmm. You would have to give me more money for me to feel cheerful about giving. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We say that Jesus said, that we have no reason to worry. So y'all say, what will you do to stop me from worrying? Yeah. You don't see it as you have to perform for Christ. You see it as Christ has to perform for you. For you. It's true. That's why we come to church and we say things like, I'm not being fed here. Like you don't have a, a whole kitchen in your bedroom. You want to know what the kitchen is? Your Bible. Like you don't have all the ingredients to feed yourself, but you come to church and say you ain't being fed. Some of you haven't never opened your Bible, so I'm trying to understand how do you even know what good cooking tastes like? The praise team not really on it, you know? The praise team, I don't really feel the power of God in the praise team. You don't really praise God outside of service. <laughs> so how would you know what it's like to praise him? Well, the worship is not powerful they not letting god have his way you're not letting him have his way in your life how would you know what having his way looks like in a church setting you're just sitting back and you want god to perform perform for you Mm -hmm. fix my life he's not a young levanzant (laughs) he's not you don't get to lay there and he just plays operation on you make me over god fix me up no, you perform. Yes. You work it out. You operate by faith. Yes. You understand that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Mm-hmm. You understand that you're more than a conqueror. He said you're more than a conqueror. I know for sure that conquerors have to apply effort. Yes. Conquerors don't watch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Take strategy. Conquerors Take- don't watch. No. Conquerors move. Yes. They, they're active. And then he said, you're more than a conqueror. And he said, more than that. <laughs> you're more than that. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said, no, 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 don't sit down. 
I just said you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yes, let me tell you where the war let me, has to let, happen. Let me, let me get your wrestling tail over here. Keep that here. energy. Keep that energy <laughs> and come over here and get to wrestling. Jesus. Because you are supposed to perform. Mm. God's word is supposed to perform in you. Mm. That's the script <laughs> to oh give goodness. you to perform. Oh, my goodness. He's here. He is the director. We talked about this before. We did. He's the director. He has laid out the word to watch you perform. Mm-hmm. And they saying, what would you do? He said, y'all miss it. Y'all missing it. They said, our fathers ate manna. And we're going we gonna to close out with this. Our fathers ate manna. They thought that they could justify their desires by quoting truth from the Bible. Mm-hmm. They said, our fathers, they ate manna. They not lying. Is that not what we do that's, these days? That's, that's exactly what we do. Jesus came to save them from their father's fate. They didn't know their father's fate because they didn't care to know. And even if they did know, they didn't want to bring it up because it didn't support their desire. <sighs> didn't support their desire. So for y'all that don't know, their fathers were the people of Israel who were delivered from the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt and were headed to the promised land. Mm-hmm. So there's a little story about them in Psalm 78. And it goes like this. Psalm 78, starting at verse 22, but you can read the whole thing. Because they believed not in God. What did he tell us? He said the work of faith, the work of God is what? Believing in the one. He said, because they did not believe and trusted not in his salvation. What is he saying? What is what is salvation? Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's our salvation. He, he said, because you didn't trust in Christ. Just like these, the, they just like their fathers. <laughs> just like their fathers. Jesus is right in front of them. And they can't believe. The same way God was right in front of the people of Israel. God was doing miracles through Moses, and they could not believe. No. He had manna raining from the sky. He not had, just Not manna, just manna. Yeah. When they got tired of manna, they had their fill of manna. He then had chickens, a quail falling from the sky mm-hmm. to feed them. And then we go down to verse 28, and he says, He let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat. And were filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them. He slew the fattest of them. He smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this, they sinned still Mm. and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore, their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. Wow. God gave them what they wanted. And even still, after having all they wanted, they could not believe in him nor trust in his salvation. Mm. Y'all chasing Christ just like they were. He filled them. He gave them food only for them still not to see that he was more than bread. 
And that happens too. Like I've experienced that where you get everything that you always wanted. You get all that stuff. He almost like consumes you with it to the what? point where and you and you realize this this and can't your heart satisfy. Don't me. change. No, because it can't satisfy you. It don't change towards him. This God just did like a little social experiment. He just gave. I watch me. I'm gonna give you everything. Yes. And you still won't let me be your everything. Mm. So while it was still in their mouths. Just like for some of y'all, why you, why you got the man you asked for, why you got the job you asked for, why you got the money you asked for, still can't satisfy you. God comes and causes chaos in your life. He said, he consume their days in vanity. How did he consume their days in vanity? They walked around a 40 mile span for 40 years. Some of y'all, come on, he gave you that husband and you've been walking around in vanity for the last five years. Y'all celebrate anniversaries, but you know these ain't really milestones of a marriage that's growing. It's almost milestones of a marriage that's consumed in vanity. Wow. Yeah, we married to 10 years, but we probably got one year worth of progress. Yeah, I seen about a million dollars, but that million dollars felt like a thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! Even when you think of that carousel of chaos, we were talking about you just going in circles, like on, it's man. just the same decisions, the same mistakes, all over again. He said, "And they're years in trouble." Mm. Some of y'all, you you can mark your life from one trouble to the next. That's not the way life's supposed to be. From one drama to the next, from one, one chaos to the, to the next, one struggle to the next, one cuss out, one apology, one snapping, one apology, one wow. hitting, one apology, one arresting, one apology, one restraining order, one apology. Everything's mess ups. Everything's humble pie. You never get to experience the power of God, just the grace and mercy. Mm. You know, happy holidays. Tis <laughs> you know, the season. We in a world. We in a. Uh, we, this is this this holiday right here sums up and encapsulates this whole story. Yeah. Because it's a holiday that is so steeped in consuming and getting that we don't even realize what the holiday is supposed to be for. Is the gift of Christ. Yes, it's supposed to change your appetite. <laughs> it's not about what you consume. Man, it's Christ ain't to no change gift. One Christmas, I got a Bible. And I, that, was, that was the worst Christmas to me. Because mm-hmm. I received a Bible, and I received the Bible because I was bad all year. I looked at it as a punishment. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it as a life raft mm-hmm. to a kid that was drowning in his own desires. Wow. To a kid that was hurting and in pain. Mm. My mother gave me the greatest gift that year. (laughs) Verse 32. She said, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, 
Give us this bread at all times. Jesus answered, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. believe. So Christ is bigger than your stomach. Jesus explained, I am what can satiate a greater hunger. But you got to ask yourself, what are you hungry for? Mm-hmm. He said, Moses, he, 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 didn't, he gave bread from heaven, but it's not the true bread from heaven. This is what y'all don't understand. Like you, you so caught up in blessings that, yeah, God might have blessed you. <laughs> he might have gave you bread, but it's not the true bread. Who cares if God provides you with money? If you don't have the true provision of his spirit, yeah, you miss it. People miss it. They're like, I'm blessed and highly favored. Why are you blessed? Why are you feel like you highly favored? Because it's, you got a car? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because you got a human being? <laughs> because you got a job? Perishable things. Some of y'all going to think somebody love you because they buy you a gift this year. Just like the people, when you get your fill, you be uh, feeling blessed. <laughs> oh, boy. Christ's focus is on giving us the life, not this life. You see, let me help you with this because I know that when I play with these words and sometimes people, they don't really understand what I'm saying. So let me make it clear. Christ is not here for life. He is here to guide you from this life to eternal life. We miss it by asking from Christ and not asking for Christ. What are y'all asking for? Your prayers even. I mean, my God, you know, when I was studying this, he was just beating me up. Mm. He's like, you don't even ask for me. When the last time you asked for me? me? Yeah. When the last time you asked for me? Some of y'all don't realize, like, if you just had Christ, you're so busy praying for more clients. If you just had me, you don't need more clients. Mm. Some of us just need Christ so he can take the least and make it great. You don't need more of anything. Some of us, if we had more, we don't even realize we up to our necks. Mm. If we just had a little bit more, we'd choke. Mm. We'd drown. But all we want is more. (laughs) Some of y'all going to get things for Christmas that you already got. But some might feel like you could use a little more. more. But you really couldn't. We're consumers. We're consumers. And not in a good way. (laughs) Because you are here to consume Christ. He said, I'm the bread and I'm good enough to eat. I'm the bread and I'm good enough to eat. And I'm going to preach this tomorrow, Wednesday. If you're in the the area, I'll be preaching at Life Changing Faith, 3235 Swan Road, Suitland, Maryland, 20746. And I'll be preaching the second part of this, good enough to eat where I talk even more expressively to the last part of that chap- this chapter, 
where he says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Um, And I, I don't know why I just shared that because I hate time dating these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But because um, somebody will listen to it a year from now and be like, Wednesday, and then just show up. You know, it's, it's weird. But I'm talking about Wednesday, 2017. Um, a last point as we very close out of here. A lot of times before we get into the eating, I just want to make sure people understand what hunger is. And he's saying hunger is what they were saying in that scripture when they said, oh, that sounds good, Jesus. Give us this bread at all all times. times. And we want and want often, but never Christ. He is the bread. Christ frees the life ruled by want. Never hunger again. He changes what we want. He frees us from one want and allows us to walk in that freedom of another want. Yeah, because that was about to be my next question. Like, how do you keep these things that, you know, we need to survive basically in the right context in our lives? Like, how do we keep it in the right perspective, you know, through this? But this just explained it. Yeah, and 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 that's an excellent question. And I can, I'll go a little further with it. Um, When we look at survival, whether it's animals or humans, we have this predisposition, this focus to get. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to get to survive. And in our survival, we focus on certain things. Today's human, because certain things are easier for us. Instead of having to go hunt, I just go to McDonald's. (laughs) So I forget what it's like to only do what's necessary. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't eat too much if it took me all day to catch a deer, and then I got split that with 30 people. Okay. So you're basically referencing his earlier scripture about don't work for, I think he said, don't work for what is perishable, but work for... Yeah, yeah. I'm almost there. Oh, I didn't let you <laughs> so, so the hunter is designated to do that. Okay. The rest of the people are in the village waiting for him to come and feed them. Mm -hmm. They aren't concerned about hunting. They don't know the finer points of it. They don't sharpen spears. They don't go and practice. They just sit and wait. They know their place. You know, they say, I bring home the bacon fried up in the pan. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. But these people were reliant on that man to bring them that food because if they didn't get it, they died. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? What do we consider living and what we consider dying has to change. I can't consider living having a full belly no more than I can consider dying starving. I have to consider living being filled with his spirit. And I have to consider dying, not having a spirit at all. Mm. If I consider that as living and dying, then I'm no longer concerned with food or clothes or money because I know that they aren't the thing that's keeping me alive. And therefore, not having them is no longer the reason to die. We talk about this, this boy and we're going to close out. Did we talk about this, this boy who'd been bullied? Mm-hmm. 
Mr. Keaton. Mm-hmm. And the reason people feel bad for him is because they feel like it's no way to live. Bullying is no way to live. And it's a shame that this boy has to live like this. Mm-hmm. And I understand. I get it. I was bullied. But it's something that our parents used to say. It ain't going to kill you. <laughs> it ain't going to kill you. Sometimes we got to catch ourselves and say, it ain't going to kill us. Yeah. But he could kill us. Matter of fact, it was a girl who just killed herself. Mm-hmm. Hung herself in the closet because of bullying. Why? Because we aren't doing a good enough job. Not of teaching kids that it's okay to be bullied, but to teach them what life is. What life is. Mm-hmm. And what death is. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus let, let them know. He said, hey, 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 y'all going to get persecuted just like me. It ain't going to kill you. He said, don't fear the man who could kill your body. Fear the God who can destroy your soul. Yes. We have to reevaluate what we see as living and what we see as dying. Mm. Then we'll start to seek the thing that allows us to live. Right. We'll be, I'll be like, what are you doing? I haven't read my Bible today. You know how you go, people go for late night food runs? <laughs> I'll be seeing people pouting because they didn't get no dinner. How come you don't pout when you only read your Bible? Sure. What you think is living, it's messed up. Like I told you, we're both in a position where people look at us and be like, what? You never, you didn't do this? You haven't had that? What if you died? I had a young man tell me, like, what if you died and you never slept with anybody? What if you died a virgin? As if to do so would, be, you life. <laughs> would be horrible. Yeah. It, it, it's not a reason to live. And it won't be a reason to die. It doesn't matter to the part of me that matters the most. When we start to see that, then we chase Christ. And we don't even care what he got in his hand. Because he's going to take care of us. That's why he fed them in the first place. Because they sat there and listened to him talk all that time. And he (laughs) said, I don't want these people to leave with nothing. Mm. But he couldn't. If you don't have faith, then even when God is providing, it becomes poison. Episode 45, good enough to eat. Don't let Jesus be good enough to follow if he not going to be good enough to eat. We out of here.